Launched Intermix back in 25, again, giving visibility into data pipelines, working now with really an enterprise segment as they're growing, working with 25 customers, call it a, you know, a 50,000-ish ACV. But anyways, they're flirting with in the next couple of months, about a million bucks in terms of ARR. That's up from about 30,000 bucks a month just a year ago. So healthy, more than doubling year over year. Burning capital, they've raised 5 million bucks, nine people in San Fran, New York, and Europe, less than 5% annual revenue churn, but more than 5% expansion as well. So 100% net revenue retention annually, spending up to 10 grand to get a new customer so healthy payback period as they look to scale. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Paul LaPasse. He is the CEO and co-founder of Intermix.io. He holds multiple patents for cloud computing and performance analytics. And in 2007, he co-founded GoGrid, one of the early cloud computing companies, which he grew to over $50 million in ARR. Paul, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, that's a big cliffhanger. We have to finish up the GoGrid story before we talk about Intermix. What happened to the company? The company got acquired. Who'd you sell in to? 2011 by uh, Datapipe, uh, a big, a big uh, data center uh, cloud provider. Yeah. Well, what was, was the ecosystem ride. like back then? Yeah. So, I mean, was it a good exit or a soft landing or what? We had the opportunity to blow it up to be much, much bigger if we had taken on a lot more capital. It's, uh, it's very expensive to build cloud services, um, but uh, we were really, really happy with the outcome. That's great. All right, Intermix. So, did you go directly into Intermix after GoGrid or if not, what was the in-between story? So I spent a couple of years consulting with a few companies to help them bring their products to market. You know, I had focused on technology at GoGrid and I really wanted to spread my wings and learn more about um, other sides of the business, marketing and sales. And so, um, you know, I sort of was helping some other, other startups. I landed in 2013 in how I got the idea for Intermix at a company called um, Criticism. Criticism. It was later renamed to Aptelligent. What Much we better name was it was a crash reporting tool for companies developing mobile apps, and it was um, super super big platform. We had a little library that ran on over one billion devices across Apple and Android. And what um, was really interesting about the company is that we were sitting on a ton of data. Um, for example, we could we could tell you. Um, for Android, how many activations were done on the AT&T network in Los Angeles in January um, because of, of the data that we had. And it wasn't, it wasn't part of what we were selling, but my co-founder, Lars, that had joined Intermix at the same time as me, that's where we met, approached me one day and said, hey, can we put this data into a place where we could sell it? I have a few companies that would be interested in buying it, some private equity firms, other consultancies that were just interested in this industry data that um, was really hard to get. And so I said, sure, you know, how hard could that possibly be? And I hired a data scientist to help me uh, to do that. And almost immediately when that person joined, they were like, okay, great. Where's the data? Um, I was like, well, it's here. It's in, it's in all these databases, you know, just go out and find it, you know? And he's like, no, um, I need to have it all in one place. It needs to be clean and complete and correct. And I need to be able to run my tools on it my specialized data science tools. And I said, okay, um, interesting. And then I spent three months doing that and getting the data to a place where it, where it was useful. And really at the time, I talking to other peers in the industry, realized that a lot of companies were having the same challenge um, in making data scientists successful. And so, um, you know, decided to leave that company and Lars and I joined up to start Intermix uh, shortly after he, that. Lars was the data scientist? 
No, Lars was the head of business development at Criticism. Did you bring um, the data and, scientist and, with it, you or no? Uh, I did not. Come on, no, Paul. No. Night. Well, you know, you kind of people that you would hire later stage um, are different from people that you need to start a startup. He's such a so, diplomat, um, smart guy. All right, talk to me about how people can. Pay. <laughs> we understand the product, I think, because you just give a great story. Tell us, tell us how you monetize. Is it a pure play SaaS company? It is. Yeah, it's a it's a SaaS company. We uh, we sell to enterprises. Uh, it's a subscription. And uh, people will either prepay for one year or two years. Okay, so on average, I'm sure you have a lot of cohorts, but we're short on time. What would you say like an average company might pay per year to use your tool? It's between five fingers moving up to six fingers uh, to a six figures now. Okay, okay, got it. And that's kind of first year ACV. So call it maybe anywhere between 50 and 100 grand. Yeah. What are they? So let's let's role play for a second. If I sign up today for 50 grand, give me a sense, paint, paint a picture here. What would I get for that? So what you get for that is a single dashboard whereby your, your, your uh, data teams, the ones that are, that, are, that, are, that are building out your data lake infrastructure um, that your data scientists plug into, you'll get a single view into all the apps that are connected, all the users that are running queries, the way that data flows through that system, and uh, a very, very easy and quick ability to A, figure out, is everybody having a good experience? Are apps working? Is the data lake working? Or if not, why and what's the root cause of that? So that you can very quickly pinpoint where data is getting stuck. Interesting. Okay, very good. And uh, put this on a timeline for us. So what was the official year you launched? So we launched at the end of 2016. And one of the interesting things, Nathan, is that we got to revenue, our first dollar of revenue came only six months after we wrote the first line of code for the business. I, I love that you lead with that. It's like a technologist who says, you know what? All techies don't just only focus on product. We made money after six months. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, sorry, maybe not, made, maybe not made money. You had revenue in, in six months. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. I want to get the story yeah. behind that first dollar in a second, but let's go backwards. So today, how many customers have you scaled to? So we now have over uh, over twenty five customers. We're still a seed stage company, Nathan. So we're still quite small, and we're what do you mean by that? Dollars. What do you mean when you say you're still seed stage? How do you define that? So the way that I define that is we're still, um, you know, we have a lot of revenue. We have good customers. Our churn is really really low. It's How low? Tiny. It's um, we're um, you know um, over 100% revenue retention because a lot of our customers will expand with us. What about gross churn um, though? If you peel back that onion, um, so our platform is focused on Amazon Redshift right now, which is a a major cloud data warehouse. Yep. So as companies shift to other data warehouses, they might churn off of us, like I see. Snowflake or uh, BigQuery. Yeah. And so our vision is to support all of those databases going forward. But for right now, we're small. So, so I mean, is, is that code for like, one. is that code for like maybe 10-ish annual revenue churn on a gross basis? Or like what is churn today annually? Gross. Um, it's under under 5%. Oh, I mean, that's super healthy. Okay. So you lose less yeah, than 5% yeah, of your revenue yeah. annually. You more than expand that same core by 5%. So you have net revenue retention north of 100% at this point. Yes. That's great. Okay, yeah, take me back to the backstory. So you you said define seed stage, and I and I said, how do you define that? Yeah, well, you know, we're at the point where we're still figuring out the right go to market, right? What is the best way for us to acquire a dollar? Can we make at least three dollars? You know, can we make that money back within one year consistently? 
and have enough data points where we can go to an investor and say, hey, if we if we if million of your dollars, we'll be able to grow at this at this rate over the next two years. Um, we're close to that at this point, but we're not quite there yet. So we're still we're still at that stage of the company. Have you capitalized the company? If so, how much have you raised to date? We've raised a little bit over $5 million okay. across uh, two rounds of funding. And yeah. why did you decide to, to raise instead of bootstrap? It sounds like you're able to get revenue going pretty early. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're building hard tech like we are, you need software engineers and software engineers are expensive. And so are you all um, in San Fran? You, know, you got to. I'm sorry. Are you guys all in San Francisco? Um, not all HQ is here, but we have engineers in New York and Europe as well. So we're distributed. And how many people total? Nine people total. Nine. Okay. That's great. And then look, I mean, if I take the 25 customers, right times we'll, we'll stay on the minimum side. So let's say $50,000 ACV. I mean, you guys are, you gotta be either flirting or just past kind of the million dollar ARR marker. Is that something you're going to pass in the next couple of months? Yeah, we're going to pass that within at the in the, in about Q2 that's, in about the Q2 great. time period. That's great. Yeah, and can yeah. you can you can yeah. you give me a general sense of growth year over year? So if you're at call it 70 grand a month today, where were you a year ago? So, I mean, we're growing at over 12% per month at this stage, Nathan, um, adding adding new customers. Not only are we adding new customers, but the ACV is also growing and our expansions are approaching over 30% of our monthly growth at this stage. You mean a lot of your um, revenue just, growth is coming because, from expanding old cohorts that signed up? Yeah. So customers will renew and they'll double down. They'll increase their ACV. Uh, and also the way that we bill is a function of how much data our customers are processing. And the thing that's true for everyone is they're they're processing more data they're storing it for longer they're doing more things with it and so our pricing goes up as a function of how much data they're crunching so paul with 12 percent so, kind of monthly growth growth i mean that's you know obviously north of 100 percent year over year i mean fair to say you were doing maybe call it 25 30 ish grand a month a year ago something like that uh so you've more per, than doubled yeah yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're more than doubling every year easily. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, talk yeah. to me. Talk to me about so you the last tranche of funding. You said you did it in two tranches. When was the last tranche raised, and how much was it for? We raised around in May, led by Uncore Capital. That was a three million dollar uh, seed round. Okay, and you had a, a the, kind of a thesis or a pro forma built out on how you deploy that capital. We're we're now several months into that. H- has it panned out how you thought it would? And if so, where's if not, where's it different? So. Um, it is panning out. The thing that is the most exciting is that we've recently gotten traction in the enterprise. Very large Fortune 500 companies are now using us um, as part of their digital transformation. So when large enterprises shift their data services to the cloud, they 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 experience a lot of pain, and we're we're there to help them help them make that transition away from the traditional data warehouses like Oracle and Teradata. Um, and so we've been really excited to find that niche for ourselves because obviously there's are much higher ACV customers and uh, a much better market segment for us. Yeah. Do you, do you have enough kind of a large enough sample size yet to have a good understanding of what your CAC is or is it too early? Um, we, we do, um, our, our CAC at this point, um, is, you know, south of 10, um, of 10 K, um, our, you know, the, the nice thing about our business is that we can sell it over the phone. Uh, typically customers will make a decision. There's a free trial, um, and they'll make a decision in about two weeks. 
uh, two to three weeks of whether to buy us. So our end-to-end sales cycle is south of two months at this stage, even That's for great. the larger customers. So $10,000 CAC on call it a $50,000 ACV account. You guys are what, three, four month payback period, something like that? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, look, obviously that's healthy. Is that, are you generally getting more aggressive with that or less aggressive? We constantly want to um, try to increase, you know, increase prices. We always want to make sure that we're adding value, but with those economics, we're really confident that we're at a good spot for additional venture rounds and it's healthy business. I guess um, my, my question now, is, are you looking, yeah. I mean, just to be clear, you have healthy payback for four months. is a healthy payback period for your stage. What I'm trying to get at, are, are you running more and more mar- paid marketing experiments to try and figure out how you can get more customers quicker? So that 10 grand you're driving that CAC up or are you staying? here yep. or going down yeah um we're we're always trying to get the cac the the cac down um you know our um the way that we find customers is in two um two ways one is they find us through content we publish a lot of content about data lakes performance monitoring visibility through a blog post or a white paper that we've written and then we're also reaching out to customers that we know are using amazon redshift um, and so, um, you know, how do you know that? Is there some like JavaScript getting, scrape you do, or how do you, how do you get that list? That's a really good question, Nathan. Um, so it turns out the word redshift is pretty not common in job descriptions. And so Uh-oh. if you scrape indeed, for example, you can kind of figure out which companies are using it. So really we have smart. scrapers that go out to job boards and then they collect company names. And then we just sort of get lists of people that work in those companies with the right titles, get their phone numbers and just basically do cold outreach. Really smart. Is that how you got your first dollar when you were six months in? Um, so, um, a little bit, we also used our network, um, at that stage because Lars and I have been in the Valley for 20 years. So we know on time. So we do start um, signing up early, early alpha users to a not fully baked product super early on. Um, and, and, and so the first few customers were largely Founders Network. That's great. And I assume today, since you just raised that capital, you're obviously not break even or cash flow positive. You're still investing and in burning capital right now. True. Yeah, we're we're investing in R and D. Our our biggest our biggest cost is uh, you know engineering and software development. Um, and so. Um, um, our goal is to raise another round of funding about this time next year. Would you ever, Paul, consider, I know, I don't know if it's popular in Valley or not, because there's so much VC money out there, but I mean, have you looked at venture debt at all to take, to basically fuel growth without having to take dilution? Yeah, we, we, um, we are not able to do that yet because, um, venture debt, the, the banks that we work with, um, only give you venture debt if you're after a series A, um, you're talking about like financing. SVB or what square one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have you yeah. talked to the, like, I'm talking um, about people that play lower down the ecosystem. So like, so for example, lighter capital will go like pre VC, as long as you're North, like 15 grand a month in revenue. I mean, have you talked to folks like that or no? Not yet. Yeah. We haven't had a need to, but, um, I think venture debt is a, is a great idea. Um, and I'm going to look at seriously doing it, um, next year just because it's another financing option without giving away equity. Oh, totally, um, man. So I, I love it. I yeah. mean, obviously capital, it can be a little expensive, but again, if you understand your growth levers, it's, I'd rather keep the equity, you know? Exactly. Yeah. All exactly. right, cool, man. Uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Good strategy, bad strategy by Richard Rumel. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, I'm really love, uh, Lou Cerny at new relic. Uh, number four, how, or number three, how many, sorry, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? 
Gosh, I log into Heap Analytics a lot to keep yep. tabs of our metrics. All right, good one. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get, Paul? <laughs> Seven. That's good. In which situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, you know, I'm uh, married with a, a small toddler and one on the way. Um, and so it's uh, shocking that I get seven hours of sleep, but um, our kid thankfully sleeps through the night for now. That's good. All right. Married, one kid, another on the way. And how old are you? Yeah, I'm 42. 42. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, to have <laughs> to have kids sooner. It's <laughs> awesome having kids. And, uh, I, you know, now that you have some, you kind of want it. Yeah, I wish I had them a lot sooner than now. But, um, yeah. Guys, have kids sooner. Launched Intermix back in 25. Again, giving visibility into data pipelines, working now with really an enterprise segment as they're growing. Working with 25 customers, call it a, you know, a 50,000-ish ACV. But anyways, they're flirting with in the next couple of months about a million bucks in terms of ARR. That's up from about 30,000 bucks a month just a year ago. So healthy, more than doubling year over year. Burning capital, they've raised 5 million bucks, nine people in San Fran, New York, and Europe. Less than 5% annual revenue churn, but more than 5% expansion as well. So 100% net revenue retention annually spending up to 10 grand to get a new customer. So healthy payback period as they look to scale. Paul, thanks so much for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.